Um, probably because, like I told you, my cat scared me so bad I can't go back to the game. <laughs> Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right. Well, welcome to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. Today, my guest is Matt Wood. Matt is a game developer, and we're going to talk computer games today, which will be awesome for me. So, Matt, welcome. Thanks for making the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's... How do you want to do? Uh, let's just throw it out there. We'll just do this randomly. How do you want to do this from the beginning to the end, or from today back? Uh, <laughs> gosh, you know, what I I would say working with the way my memory works, I would I would probably hmm maybe from beginning on. Okay, let, let's let's do it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how old? Were, let me start this. How old were you when you started getting interested in development? Um, that's a good question. Um, probably around nine or 10 okay. uh, in the working on computer games. My, um, my dad and one of my neighbors, they had, uh, they both had Ataris, like Atari 800s. And back then, <clears throat> you know, it, the ones with like, you know, the, the tape deck, uh-huh. right. That's, that's how you yeah. put, you know, data on the computer. Yeah. Um, and so back then you would get, uh, computer magazines and in those magazines, you'd have a program that was just all written out. All the code was written, right? right? Yeah. And so that's how they would deliver the program to you. So you would take, you know, the magazine and you would just copy all the code <laughs> and and that there was your game. And so <clears throat> I think that was probably the first time where I realized that I'm, I mean, I'm not really making a game, but it's like, I'm kind of technically, it's like I am mm-hmm. making the game. Mm-hmm. But then once you realize, hey... I have access to this source code. I can make changes to it. I can do whatever I want. Right. Um, I think, I think maybe I just got a bug there. You know, you just, you just get the, the, it was just really so what intriguing and sort of intoxicating. Yeah. What were some of the first, did you like do some, we'll call them modifications. Did you, did you take some of the code and modify it? And what was, what, well, I mean, I was, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was nine or 10 at the time and, and didn't, I, I had no concept of what a lot of this stuff was actually doing when I was typing it in, right? It was just like, <laughs> I know it works. It's magic, right? right? And I'll I'll type it and it'll work. So, you know, my my ability to make changes and have it actually work was pretty um pretty limited. But like but it didn't stop me from, you know, dreaming of all the stuff I wanted to do. I I, I remember for some reason I wanted there was this one game can't remember exactly what it was i think it was like a a detective game or something and it's like oh man what if you played as a werewolf right and it was just i don't know i just had this elaborate idea of like you know there was like time in this text adventure there was time that went by and you had to like do something before you turned into the werewolf and then you know it's just all this stuff and um you know i planned it all out in my head and i sit down at the computer and i'm like how do i do this (laughs) so um yeah so so years go by and i think um, I didn't, I didn't have access to figure out how to program at that point. Right. I bought some books and it was just so far over my head that I didn't, I didn't even know where to begin and I had no one to help me. So it wasn't until I guess doom came out, um, in 
mid late nineties and uh, they were, uh, people made editors for it. And so mm-hmm. I started making levels and, um, and so that was, that was amazing. Cause it's like, at that point I had moved on to doing art uh, and I wanted to do, I, I think I wanted to be a, um, uh, either a comic book artist or like a, uh, a Hollywood, you know, visual effects artist kind of thing, right? Okay. Like, you know, old school effects. Um, so, so I started making levels and that was amazing right like i think that was the first time where i actually had the agency to make something and have other people play it and you know give me feedback and see the reactions and all that stuff that was that was just amazing um and then duke 3d duke nukem 3d came out which had a built-in editor which just was even better and i made tons and tons of maps um (laughs) But but that was actually the catalyst, I think, for what got me into the industry is that – well, there, was, there were two things. I remember this one specifically. My dad, um, just a random thing. Like we were talking about text adventures, and I'm like, oh, man, I'd love to do that. And uh, But for, for some reason, it was so far out of reach, right? Okay. Like it was – you know, when you're young, I don't know. I, I just You just have this – you're like – here's where I am and here's where these other people are. And I just don't even think about getting there. Just not even attainable. And my dad just said to me, he's like, you know, he goes, the people who made these text adventures, they're like 19, 20 year old kids. They were like college students when they made these games like Zork and, you know, planet fall and all that stuff. Um, and I was like, really? Like they were, for some reason I had it in my head that like, there's these, you know, super experienced guys. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well that makes it closer than I thought, like more attainable. So, um, so when I started working on levels, um, it was getting a little bit more popular. There was like a, uh, an internet service that had, um, they, they, they hosted Duke, Duke 3d levels and they had a contest and, you know, and I entered the contest and I didn't win, but I got like in the top 10 or something. Okay. So they gave me like, a, a subscription and, um, I think that did two things. It, it got the attention of 3d realms who were the ones who made Duke, Duke Nukem 3d, who I ended up going to work for, uh, shortly after, um, it got their attention. It also just kind of gave me a little bit of a confidence boost of like, Hey, you know, maybe I can do this. Um, you know, cause back then this was in the late nineties and you know, there were no schools for any of that stuff. Right. It's like, you just, you kind of just grew your skills naturally and hopefully got lucky. <laughs> You know, yeah. talking to a company who had established themselves, right? So, so what was that like yeah. going to work at 3D Realms? Because you just, you kind of just, you know, you, this is what I took away from what you just said. You know, you know this contest, you got their attention, but right before that, you, you know, your dad was telling you that, hey, these are just college age kids doing this. So you, so then when 3D Realms comes calling, if you will, how 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 was that for you? I mean, what was that experience like? Uh, I mean, it, yeah, it was, um, it was, it was, it was a little bit more organic, but, it, but man, it was surreal. Um, I, that was also right around the time when the world started getting a little smaller within the industry, because, um, if you remember IRC, mm-hmm. right, the chat system, chat channels. Um, so I had just stumbled upon a Duke 3D chat channel and it turned out that some of the 3d realms people were in there and they're like oh you made that map oh yeah and then you know we just started talking uh, and that's kind of how it because i don't even know how they would have found me otherwise um <laughs> but but yeah and um and so so they were looking for a level designer for a new game they were working on called prey 
and um yeah so i i apply and i still had to apply they didn't okay. just hire me okay. right and i think there were a few other so candidates how old they were, were you at this at. point 19 i think okay so you were yeah. just a kid so i was 19 just a kid i was just a kid i yeah i had no idea what i was doing um yeah i i i think at that point i had decided i wasn't going to go to college which is another topic all in itself because <laughs> you know my wife get into these conversations all the time about how important college is i'm like well i didn't go to college but anyway yeah we, we, we don't have to talk about that um college is important yeah. go, to college, go to college as long as it makes sense to um but but yeah so they they interviewed me and um well i mean long story short they hired me um and i <laughs> and being 19 and not really having any real sense of self-preservation like i just packed up my car and moved down there like a week later oh just, okay i just uh, this was in texas so i lived in uh i lived in pennsylvania okay uh at the time so um so i just packed up and moved i said hey mom dad i'm i'm going to texas they're like what i'm like yeah i'm out of here <laughs> um and so i just left um and I got, I got down to this is this is so ridiculous thinking back on it. Like I got down there, and I think it wasn't until I got there that I was realization of like, you know, I don't really have anywhere to stay. You know, um, <laughs> as a nineteen year old kid, I was just so excited to go that you know I get down there, and so so I found the office, the three D realms office, and you know, keep in mind this is before. Google Maps and all that stuff, right? So, um, so I, I I find the office, you know, like 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 a quest, an old school quest, and luckily, you know, some of the guys are outside, like on a smoke break or something, right? And I'm like, hey guys, are you at 3D Realms? And they're like, who's asking? <laughs> and uh, um, I uh, and I told them, I'm like, hey, you guys just hired me, and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> Why are you here now? And everybody. Uh, I guess I was supposed to wait for like them to let me know when to come down or oh something. Oh my gosh! Okay. But anyway, yeah, I I didn't know what I was doing, well, right? I mean, I was I was literally I was delivering pizzas at the time, you know. I had no concept of appropriate <laughs> behavior or anything like that. So, um, so luckily they uh one of the guys who worked there was like, yeah, you can sleep on my couch tonight and find a place to live tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was that kind of set the stage for my life down there oh my gosh. For, okay. for a few years. Yeah. So, so yeah. you started working, they, they brought you in, you were working on prey, but you also did Duke Nukem forever. And you, you claim a tiny bit on max pain. Um, I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel, yeah, I feel like sort of ashamed even saying that I did anything on max pain. They gave me a credit, but it was, it was basically just glorified play testing. You know, they would send us bills and we would play and give them feedback and, you know, tell them what we thought and stuff, and and uh, they would make adjustments. Um, but yeah, after so I worked on Prey, which was 3D Realms' first 3D game. Mm -hmm. It's like their first actual 3D engine that they made, and um, and honestly, looking back on it, it was pretty impressive the stuff that they were doing. Um, and I don't think other engines had caught up to some of that stuff for many years later, but but unfortunately, we never shipped it. Um, it uh it was it was tough we were i got hired as a level designer and and the team was very small and i think the ambitions were very big and we just i think it it was it was a struggle it was one of those sort of typical 
team was too small, ambitions were too big, and things kind of fell apart. Um, and uh, when that happened, I moved off to um, Duke Nukem Forever, who which was in development, you know, by another team. Now, 3D Realms, I think at the time was probably only like 30 people mm-hmm. or less. Um, and uh, so I went went over there to work on uh, level design, try to figure out how I could be useful to them. And yeah, they they had a lot of stuff going for them, Duke Nukem. Um, I my development there is also kind of an interesting story because I started as a level designer, and then just for fun started decided I wanted to learn modeling, and so I started I picked up 3ds Max a modeling program and and started to model. And um, I don't remember how it got started, but uh, I think I was just modeling a character for fun, and and uh, the guy who runs 3D Realms saw it, and he was like, "Hey," he goes, "Do you want to do that, you know, for the game?" I was like, "Sure, I'll give it a shot," <laughs> and um, so I did, and then I ended up becoming like the lead modeler animator <laughs> on the project. Um, yeah, it was just sort of a natural thing, and then I I I put level design aside for a while, um, and picked that up. But yeah. Um, Duke Forever was a was an was a very interesting project. Um, it was in development for a long time, and there were a lot of smart, talented people who worked on that project. And it had a lot going for it, but was just sort of cursed in a lot of, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, eventually they ended up releasing the game. I don't know if you played the final version. It was taken over by Gearbox, I think. Yeah, I think my my kid probably has played it. You know, my son is. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah we'll, yeah, we'll go there it, later <laughs> okay um but yeah they they ended up shipping it um not sure how well it did but but they finally got it out which is a which is good for well, them. isn't that kind of the goal um, i mean to get you know to, to to sell the products you know to kind of keep the company going yeah. type thing gotta, exactly gotta, gotta yeah sell. yeah <laughs> gotta, gotta do something right yeah so they did well, it's, yeah. so then, so now we're kind of, well, we'll transition. So you ended up, since we're all about Washington State now, let's talk about you living up here. Mm-hmm. Mo- you moved to Seattle and you worked on yep. a couple of, you know, no one's probably ever heard of Half-Life or, you know, Half-Life 2 type thing. Ha ha. Yeah, but, it's just a little, yeah, little game. You know, just a, a little game. And so I shared with you when we talked the other day of my, my Half-Life experience, you know, which, which we won't go into today. But that was a, I remember when Half-Life the original Half-Life came out. That was pretty mind blowing. Like great, yeah, great, I agree. great yeah. story. Good, good gameplay. I never finished it. Um, probably cause like I told you, my cat scared me so bad. I can't go back to the game, but um, <laughs> I know you're traumatized. Yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. But so I don't know that I, I, I mean, I looked at Half-Life too. Um, I'm, I've never been good at, you know, going back to say quake. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I'm too slow. I'm just, I, people like to have me play because I'm an easy target. And um, <laughs> so all these Counter-Strike games and things like that, it's just never been my, I'm just not good at them. But I think they're amazing in the sense of the 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 technology that's there. I mean, going back to Quake, when you could run around as Barney or Homer Simpson, that was always kind of, you know, entertaining and humorous. And, you know, that was my thing. But right. So you worked on, I mean, I could rattle off a bunch of these games, but what I'd like to kind of hear from you about, about the Seattle valve and half-life and all that is 
what's like a takeaway that you've got? Like what was something like a magical and amazing about working on those projects? Was there anything that, you know, you're like, yeah, this is, I mean, the idea of running around with a crowbar and -hmm. clanging into lockers when you first start originally in the game, right? There was just, and I know that would predate you, but you're, you know, but give me a couple of takeaways from Half-Life 2 and and all of that that was fun for you. Yeah, the, I mean, first of all, you know, working on that project, I coming so i was a fan of of half-life one big time i mean that was a shift in the industry from my point of view right i mean um when i I was at 3d realms when i first played half-life and it was um i mean i i think i had this you know a similar experience to what most people had which was that wow they just they upped the you know they raised the bar right like so many notches on this that like i couldn't i can't even imagine like this is it's exciting to see where where the industry's going if this is the next step, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how I felt, and um, and one of the things that I really attached to was the the way the NPCs were done in that game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as simple as they were, I mean, it was it, I don't want to say simple. It wasn't simple. It was like, but it was sort of an evolutionary step up from everything else. But you know, it was like something you hadn't seen before and i think as a player who also like individually you know i have you know i have a a, a drama background Mm -hmm. you know uh from high school and just different i have interest in that right and so it was like wow this is possible now right Mm -hmm. and so so i think i think I, i you know i started inventing all of these things in my head and then when i started at valve and had the opportunity to work on half life 2 um i now I came onto that project late, right? So I can't, I can't take a whole lot of credit for a lot of this stuff, but um, what they had been doing for the characters and the scenes and the technology and the, um, you know, the visual fidelity and the, the facial animations and the the way that the script and scenes works, all the stuff that they were developing, I was just like, I need to be a part of this, right? Like I was so 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 interested and so uh, blown away by what they were doing. Um, and so, so I did, I sort of, you know, weaseled my, my way into the teams that were, were doing that and then ended up working on, you know, all of the, the scenes in the game, uh, which was a departure for me from, from gameplay specifically, but, but it, oh my gosh, I loved it so much. Um, but, you know, working on that, that game, what I was going to say was like, you know, even though I knew how big half-life one was when you're in it you know uh you're not thinking about anything other than making sure that this is like the best quality and you still have the same anxiety and worry that everybody's gonna not like it that you know that anybody else has making something and so you know you get really close to it and you see nothing but flaws and all that stuff and and um and then so you're just super relieved obviously when when it comes out and and people really enjoy it and i was still like even even at the time, like when I shipped that, I still felt, even though I had done tons of work on the game, I still felt like I wasn't part of the collective of the. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you still feel like, oh man, these guys laid the roadwork and they did all this awesome stuff and they did, the, you know. And I was just sort of like creating on top of that, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't feel like I was even, uh, you know 
you don't you don't I don't know you don't feel as worthy <laughs> I guess okay. is the right thing. So I look at it and I go like, wow, that's really successful. I'm happy for all the people who did all the hard work, right? Like I I didn't it was hard to put myself in that that camp and it was just you know young and you know um, well, no I, confidence. I, I know guess, what I right? need to but, ask you. So when you moved <clears> to Seattle, did you have a place to stay or did you find somebody's couch? <laughs> So getting to Seattle was actually that that's another interesting story is that um so my wife's my wife grew up here okay. in in Bellevue okay. and um and I met her in Dallas. Okay. So um we went we were we were dating for a while and it was time to go meet her parents and so we uh we planned a trip to come up to Bellevue and I had a an old coworker who I worked with, who was now at Valve, or who was then at Valve, and and I contacted him and said, hey, I'm going to be in town. you want to get some lunch? And I had, again, it was like sort of this lack of confidence. I had no um, no expectation that I would have a chance working at Valve for some reason, right? It's like okay. you just put people, put things on a pedestal, right? right? It was another one of those, uh, one, another one of those situations. And so, so anyway, I was just, you know, it's like, hey, let's just get together for lunch. And so he brought along a friend from Valve, one of his coworkers. Mm-hmm. And that lunch ended up turning into like a pre-interview. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> just, yeah, just, I mean, like completely unexpected. And and uh, they were like, um, and they, they, my, my friend Nick, he brought along uh, Robin Walker, who uh, some of your listeners might, might recognize. And he was like, so how long are you in town for? And I was like, uh, I'm actually like going back. Like, it was like, in two days or something like that. He's like, Oh, well, Hmm. Can you, uh, it'd be great if you could interview, you know, come in and do an interview round. And, and, uh, <laughs> uh, so I was like, Oh, what really? <laughs> of course. You know, I pushed my flight back and, um, didn't meet the future so in-laws. The <laughs> no, we, we did. We did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so I did, I interviewed and, and, and you got to imagine like I, First of all, I've never done an interview before, right? Because the way I had gotten hired oh. in the past was not – like I didn't interview, right? Like it was like I presented my work and I chatted with them and then they just like, yeah, you want a job? Okay, sure. And so this was a full-blown interview and um, you know, I wasn't prepared. I was like – I literally – it's like, okay, I don't even have enough clean clothes for this. So what do I wear, right? <laughs> um, and and so I show up and um, and they had me there. I was there, I don't know, I got in at like 8.30 in the morning or 9 in the morning, and I was there until like 6 in the afternoon. Oh, wow. Now, they don't do that anymore. Yeah, they, they don't do that anymore. This was like, uh, they. I think they were very, they, they've learned that like having interviews for that long is not good for anybody, right? Right. But, um, but, but I was there like all day, and I don't think I've ever talked that much in my life in a day by the end of the day i was hoarse i couldn't talk and of course at the end of the day i had uh, a meeting with uh gabe newell right who runs the company and by that point like i'm done (laughs) right i'm dead my brain is wiped out like Uh i can't talk um and of course you know that was the most important interview but somehow they hired me and and that that's that's how i ended up here okay (laughs) so that's okay they must have liked something i guess yeah but but yeah, and that's so that's why so you know I moved up to to uh, Bellevue uh, a few months later and started on started on another project um, that never shipped. That's sort of my my uh, 
that's that, that's that's what happens with me is like i work on a project and it doesn't ship and then i work off to undo another project and that ships um <laughs> so yeah so that's that's why the thing you were mentioning about like the uh the vaporware projects yeah. that i worked on that's uh uh i don't know i was cursed for a while until <laughs> i moved to valve and then and then the curse is broken. Well, let's yeah. uh, let me shift for a second before we start talking about what you're doing now. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the mm-hmm. spot. All right. I can <laughs> magically give you the source code to any game ever. What would you okay? What would you want the source code to, and what would you do with it? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, so I think out of any game the source code I would be the most interested in seeing would probably be Dwarf Fortress. Okay. Are you familiar with Dwarf Fortress? I'm not. So it's, um, uh, I guess it's an ASCII game, uh, all, all text-based. Wow, and, yeah. uh, it's, uh, um, it's a game that's been around for a while, and it's an incredibly, incredibly dense game where you control, uh, or you lead, or control or influence Mm -hmm. you know uh, a set of dwarves and in a world and and it's it's one of the it's it's so so incredibly dense is the word right like so 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 there's so much that can happen there's so much it's a big simulation right and um i'm i think more than anything i would just be curious to see how all this code i suspect it's very messy and crazy and but i would love to see it um and uh I think they're actually doing a um, a graphical version of it now, but um, but yeah, I mean the, that game is so uh, the the simulations are so dense that people would they would play a session, and now the sessions the way they're designed is that you know inevitably your dwarves are always they're all they're all gonna die at some point, okay, right? Okay. So it's like a typical a typical uh, you know game play is that you know you're you you build a you start digging into the earth and you start uncovering different things and eventually you go down far enough to where you open the gates to demons and (laughs) they flood your your um your um uh everything that you've you've built but i mean um uh so this was so dense and so interesting and so uh it, it people would create these stories like these comics based on the experiences that they had, which were as good as any other fantasy game, right? So it's like um, the thing. The thing I learned, um, I never talked to the. It's a pair of brothers that, that make it. I never talked to them, but um, I remember reading a story about how one of the ways they developed the game is that one of the brothers would would write stories, mm-hmm. uh, just interesting, intricate stories, and then you know they would together work to develop ways and systems to be able to tell those stories not in a scripted way in a this could happen or mm. could not right be through this these simulations um mm. and uh, uh so to give you an example how detailed it is um let's see if i can get this right that i remember reading a bug fix one time where they fixed a bug where a where cats cats could get drunk <laughs> by because they were walking through the brewery area mm-hmm. and the brewery had like barrels that would leak onto the floor and they'd walk through the, the, the brewery section and then the cats would clean their paws, get... which would then get them drunk. This is a game, right? Um, right. But, 
hopefully I'm getting that right. But um, well, if you're not, that's still a cool I, story about it. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> that's still a cool story. Yeah, it's such a cool thing. Yeah. Oh my but, gosh. Yeah, I would love to see the. So when uh, did that? I've never heard of that game. When did that game come out? I, you know, it's one of those games that I don't think had ever officially, quote unquote, come out. It's mm-hmm. one. Of, it's like in. It's been in development you know, like sort of an ongoing live development for years and years and years okay. and years. I mean, I played Dwarf Fortress. Uh, gosh, I don't know. Maybe the first time was probably in the early 2000s-ish, okay. I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the game, I'm sure that they've been working on it now for at least, I would guess, 20 years. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. So. What game, what are you currently playing? What's, what's like, besides your own stuff, what's, what, yep. what are you playing right now? Well, maybe not right now, but you know, recently, what, what's, what's been, <laughs> what, what are you even playing? Well, if I weren't on this podcast and I weren't working, I would be, yes, that's uh, I'd be playing Elden Ring. Elden yeah. Ring. Okay. Elden Ring. Okay. Yeah. Well, another I'm one I haven't bit, heard of, uh... but I'm not the right audience here for some of this. I, my <laughs> glory days was the Nintendo. I, I, well, there's three games in my life that that were really like super impactful that I loved. Was one was Metroid, Nintendo's original Metroid, <laughs> yeah, Ashran's yeah. Call, oh yeah, and yeah, Anarchy Ashen's Online. Call. Yeah, yeah. Those those and, and you know I put a lot of hours into WoW, but Ashran's Call and Anarchy Online multiplayer they were there was just something about those that I spent a lot of time that consumed me. Um, Whatever happened to Anarchy Online? It's still going. It's still going. You still oh, awesome. have it. Yeah. Funcom still has it. Um, they haven't put out any new content, you know, no, no new modules, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. still, it's still playing. I think my, I think my son still logs in every now. He started playing. I, I introduced him to it when he was like eight, you know, <laughs> and he, yeah. we'd go play and he, he would go and loot things without, you know, he'd ninja loot without knowing what he was doing. And I had to explain, it's right, my kid, right. it's my kid, you know. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was just those, so those three games. So, and then I don't allow myself to play much anymore because honestly, I would play too much. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So. I had to do that with WoW. Yeah. See, WoW, my, yeah. Yeah. WoW is one of those that, um. Interesting game. <laughs> and and I still wish, you know, I wish that, um, um, oh God, who wrote Ashran's Call? I know Microsoft published it, but um, oh, I should know that. But I, I wish that wouldn't have died an ugly, harmful, painful death because I could macro in there. And that was fun to set up uh, cheating in, in the dungeons and just let my little guy run around automatically. It was, I always thought that the, Setting the macros was half the fun for me. Um, right. And I Tur- turbine. Yeah, turbine. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, tell me a little bit about this game that you're you're playing now and why. Because I'm going to think of you as, you know, somebody in the industry, you, you might look at things differently than somebody like myself. I, yeah, I have a lot of, I have a lot of opinions. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> I think that's probably the hardest, probably the hardest thing, you know, playing games these days, you know, especially I'm getting better at it now, but like turning off the analytical part of you, right. Mm -hmm. That wants to deconstruct everything. Um, But 
so right now I'm playing Ash. Uh, not Ash Call. I'm playing Ash Call. I'm yeah. playing. Uh, or if you are, Elden it's on Ring. a private server, and you need to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to tell me where. Um, so I'm playing Elden Ring, and so so what this game is is it's a uh, it's an open world single player game, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's a single player game that has multiplayer elements where you can invite co op. You can. Uh, get invaded uh Mm -hmm. which means that other players can come in and try to fight you and things but essentially it's a it's a single player game um with a sprinkling of of other characters playing along with you and sort of the core (sighs) deciding whether i should go into the controversy of it or not um so the 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 core of the game has is built on other games that have come out in the past from the same studio. So this is in the same vein as if you've ever heard somebody say, you know, souls type games. Mm-hmm. And so what it is, it's just a term that we in the, there was a game called demon souls that came out uh, 13 or 14 years ago. And, you know, and then they made dark souls and then they made dark souls two. And then, <laughs> um, you know, there, uh, there was a game called Sekiro, which was a similar game, but it was, um, it took place in Japan with, with uh, a samurai um and uh bloodborne which was um another similar one and they all had little uh interesting tweaks to the gameplay but but the game's core is about um it's it's what people would describe as a difficult game Mm -hmm. that is very much about it's it's combat that you're um you're learning to fight against enemies that are very powerful and so you have to learn their patterns. You have to learn, you know, the intricacies of, you know, uh, these combat arenas, the, you know, um, you know, the rules of the game, right? And and if you don't, or if you're on your way up to figuring this stuff out, you die a lot. Okay. And the the death is not. It's a little bit old school, you could say, right? In the, um, you know, there's a lot of die by, or sort of learn by dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> and that's what the game is intentionally built on. Um, and so that rubs, you know, naturally I think that rubs some people, uh, the wrong way. Um, or at least it's, it's difficult, right? I mean, it's one of those games that unfortunately I think it does divide people right in that, you know, some people, uh, have, you know, they, um, they're, they're able to succeed in, in, in this environment. And some people have a harder time, obviously, because there's, you know, um, you know, big there's a big spectrum of of um abilities and and um you know so so anyway so the game is it's hard to not talk about the game without talking about this because that's kind of what the core Mm -hmm. uh experience has been uh, and what they've been developing over the years um so um but that but 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 that is the game so the game is about combat it's about fighting um uh fighting enemies that um are typically difficult uh are typically uh need to you need to pay close attention to you know how they move how they attack um uh you need to react appropriately and the game is very visceral um and and action oriented okay um they do have traditional R- uh R- rpg stats mm-hmm. but it's sort of a layer on top that allows you to you know develop certain skills in certain directions or just get better as time goes on uh throughout the game okay um yeah i don't know if that oh that's 
so it's once again I, I'm I'm starting to pick up a thread here. You 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 I'm, my my guess is that you are a fan of should we say dense games? You're not looking for something. You, you like to be challenged. Would that be a a, a fair statement? I I love it. Yeah, I love okay. a good challenge. I mean, yeah. there's uh, it's a it it depends on obviously you know the mood <laughs> the mood that I'm in. Right. Um. You know when when uh if, certainly once you know when I had my kids and and time became you know uh, a scarce commodity. Um. It it was less desirable for me to f- be challenged because, you know, it's like you hit that frustration and you, mm-hmm. you, you, you hit your limit sooner. Right. right. Um, and challenge is about being, being frustrated. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, overcoming that, right. Like that's what um, I remember there was a psychology. I can't remember what this is associated with exactly. There was some, some talker or, or a paper I read about, you know, talking about, you know, uh, personal highs uh, in in entertainment, and you know they talked a lot about like um, random reward schedules, and um, you know like uh, this is associated with like gambling, for example, right? But like you know people get the most enjoyment and the biggest highs out of something if it comes right after the lowest lows, right? Mm, okay. I mean it's it's that it's that that uh, you know that relative. Um, comparison between the two i think when people basically it's it's hard to emulate in games and sometimes it's not always desirable to emulate but if if you if you can get a player this is so horrible to say if you can get a player at the point where they're like i'm about ready to quit mm-hmm. like i'm done i'm gonna throw the controller across the room and then the next time they win holy moly that will be the they will remember that for their life right yeah. like that will be the biggest success they will ever have and so that's essentially what that's the feeling you get from playing a game like this, right? Okay. And um, but you know, I think if you could engineer it so that everybody has that exact experience, then you've got a winner. And I think, unfortunately, you can't, right? No. I mean, not it's not always going to happen. Um, but um, but yeah, I do love I do love being challenged. I do love overcoming challenge. Um, I think that's sort of always been maybe a running thread sure. in my career as well just looking for challenges console games yes console games no oh yeah absolutely yes yeah okay. i'm no i'm i do not discriminate uh at all okay. i love console games um yeah i play i mean right now i play a lot of well i don't play a lot but i switch i love the switch uh, oh, okay. i think the switch is amazing yeah um, what's what's a good game on the switch what are you enjoying um i mean i think the game I probably put the most time in on the Switch is Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Okay. Which is, which is actually not too dissimilar from the game I'm playing now, <laughs> um, except for the except for the difficult combat part. Okay. Uh, that's much different. But but it is an open world Zelda game, and I find it amazing. It's it's to me it's another one of those games where I think they it was an evolutionary step in what people have been doing with open world games up to that point mm-hmm. and they just refined it like Nintendo does. They okay. just did such an amazing job. Yeah. Put so many hours into that game. What are the kids playing? Um, so gosh, you know, honestly, I would love them to play more games, but their schedules right now are so packed full that they have less time to play 
games than even I would like them to play, to okay. be honest. Okay. Um, you may be but, the only parent so in while, America to say that, by the way. I know, I know. <laughs> well, it, it's it's a constant conversation I have with my wife, too, so it's... Uh, <laughs> Not trying to get you in trouble. Um, no, 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 no. It, uh, it's it's a healthy, healthy conversation. Um, they so my son loves to play Geometry Dash. If you ever played okay, that, yeah. Um, so that's yeah. So cool. he he lo- and he's he's become so good at it. Like, it's it's one of those things where you know how uh, it, you watch a game and you're just like, I have no idea what's going on, right? Like, it's just so mm-hmm. incredibly. Uh, it, that, it, that's me. Uh, you know, I'm watching him and I'm going like, I don't even know how you're doing that. Um, so he's become so good at it. Um. And all of my kids love Animal Crossing because it's it was just I think that was a a game that came right out came out right when the pandemic hit and we were spending a lot of time at home and everybody okay. was it was a good thing to do together you know sure. we'd all we'd all check our check in for the day and do our Animal Crossing check and sit around and watch each other and that was fun okay um, yeah and they play test for me of course they play test my game that's they do okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So th- this is th- this is this is the way my brain works. So you are now at Double Dagger Studio, which is your company, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And you're developing a game, Big Kitty, or excuse me, Little Kitty, Big City. Now, right. We've just talked about Half Life, Duke Nukem, Prey, Max Payne, Counter Strike, all these first, you know. And now we've got a little kitty big city. That seems like a shift. It is. It's a pretty, it's very different. Um. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of teasing you. Um, yeah. What are, okay. So the game's not out yet. Right. You told me earlier that the, the hope is to ship it sometime in 2022. So it's still yep, in development. That's the, that's the still hope. in development. Yep. What's well? How did you get started on this concept? What was the what was the inspiration for this? It was. Um, it, I think it comes down to my kids, right? Okay. Um, you know, I think there was definitely a shift in perspective as far as you know when you have kids, everybody you know things things change, and so there was definitely a desire to make something that I could enjoy with them or, or I think the original goal was to actually develop with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the time I was, I was teaching my kids programming and some, you know, uh, game development type stuff. And so, so we were coming up with fun little prototypes for things. And, um, and that was a blast. And like, and it's all, the great thing is, is that it's from a kid's perspective, right? It's all, you know, it's, it's crazy. And it's like, you know, me getting older, right? Like I, I have a hard time. It's harder for me to think like, think like that. So, so I was really appreciative of their, the way their minds work. Um, plus they're, they're amazing kids. But, um, uh, so we were coming up with stuff and, and, you know, one of the ideas was just, um, you know, it was, it was a simple, like, Hey, what if we do a cat? Um, you control a cat and, you know, what, what's an interesting environment for a cat to be in? Oh, you know, an urban cat in a city. Cause it's like, we, we watch videos of, you know, straight, whether it was a straight cat or, or just somebody's cat, you know, in the city. And it was always 
fun and interesting visually and like what are they doing how are they living their life and some of them are so relaxed on the street and just all of these aspects that are like that's I don't know. There's something very super interesting about that, right? Like, how do we explore it? Right. And so, um, so so I just mocked something up from, you know, from assets that I had bought, uh, and and uh, it was it was just cool. It was super simple, right? It was just um, basically it was just a cat walking in a city with some city ambience and and uh, you know a few other things to kind of set the mood for it. But um, but we we thought it was super interesting, and I put up a video on Twitter, and and uh, a lot of other people thought it was interesting as well. So I was like, oh, okay, good. This thing that I think is interesting to to dig into, a lot of other people do as well. So that's always nice to, right. <laughs> to have happen. <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah, so that gave me the opportunity to make this thing with my kids, um, and develop like explore new ways to do things that i had never done before right i mean when you when you spend your career making first person shooters and everything's about combat and everything's about conflict and you know and and, and all that stuff that's fun i mean i'm i'm pretty good at it now um and i still in i still enjoy thinking about it from that perspective i maybe i just can't help it but like mm-hmm. but it's i think because i enjoy a challenge you know it's fun to start thinking about doing things in, in new ways or coming up with diff, different ways to, to have fun. Right. Um, so, so that kind of set us down that path of this sounds fun. This sounds interesting. It sounds challenging. What, you know, and people seem interested in it. And, um, and then I just started layering in other things that I was interested in. Right. Like, uh, you know, cats obviously. Right. But like, you know, I've always had from my level design background, a, super high interest in like urban design and you know just city architecture and like the history of how you know uh why places look the way they do and all the details right like why the wires are you know strung up the way they are or you know why this this air duct it's just little things little details i love the history of that so it's just a personal uh love of you know urban design and urban sort of noise i don't know um so so i was like yeah i want to want to i want to do some of that stuff and um and yeah and and i think it i've learned you know it it was challenging it still is challenging i'm not done yet (laughs) uh still some challenges (laughs) ahead but it's um but it's been great i'm really really happy decided to go down this route and make the game and um just really lucky that other people are finding it interesting too how how big is the team um, you know what, before I guess, let me look, um, because so, so I work, um, so I'm technically solo, but I not really because, uh, I work with some amazing people who are helping me do certain things like animations and, you know, uh, I recently hired some, you know, started working with some great people to do programming and modeling and, um, but not everybody works full time, so it's all it's a it's a some part time. So I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten people who have have helped on the project who are part of the team. Um and I would say, you know, maybe um two or three of those are, you know, um 
more full foolish time mm-hmm. uh on the project but yeah uh like i could not get as far as i've gotten without these people they're amazing i'm so lucky to so lucky to have found them yeah well i see you've already won an award for the best cat game to- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah my kids gave me that yeah best yeah. cat game 2021 i love that yeah and then um mario and roxy are they uh are they in intricate parts here very, very important. Um, yeah, those, Mary and Roxy are my are my two cats, um, and they, uh, yeah, they've um, they've been a huge inspiration. They're also uh, Roxy in particular is she's a, a voice actress in the game. Oh. Yeah, so uh, she's she voices some of the some of the meows and sounds in the game. Um, but yeah, they're. They're super important. I couldn't do the game without them either. <laughs> <laughs> give us a, it. you know, give us an overview of, of gameplay. So um, what the game is, is so you play a, you play a house cat who has uh, found their way outside accidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've never been outside before. And so uh, because you live in the city, you know, you're now exposed to all of this stuff that you've never been exposed to before uh, as a cat. And, you know, a lot of new characters um, and, you know, some new uh, situations, some new objects, some new sites and a few dangers. Right. But not too mm-hmm. many. Um, and it's all about exploring. Like, okay. like that's w- one of the things I've always one of the things I enjoy the most in games, I think, is just just exploring and poking around. I think it's sort of my love of like the urban design. It doesn't always have to be urban, but just just finding new places, just, you know, discovery, mm-hmm. um, and and poking my nose in places. And so being able to do that as a cat seemed really interesting. So so that's um, that's what that's what the game is about. It's about uh, exploring, meeting new characters, and uh, interacting with humans in ways that, um, you know, cats might interact with humans, you know, sometimes loving, sometimes not. Uh, and, and it's about play. So there's a structure to the game. Um, there are, there are quote unquote quests in the game, but, um, but one of my goals is to encourage, um, and, set the tone for play so as a cat you know you're you're playing you're exploring Mm -hmm. you're doing things but there's things to play with there's things to do be a cat have fun chill out you know that's really important to me um and that's it you know it's it's that's that's really all there is to it you know it's a it's a get home that's your main so is that the main quest is to get back home that's that's it get home and uh you know you can choose to go home right away well i mean you got to do some things to get there but like Mm -hmm. you can choose to go home right away or you can spend a lot more time doing other stuff one of the thing other thing i love about um rpgs for example is you know there's always this i have this habit or my 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 tendency is when i'm presented with a main quest in any game Mm -hmm. is to just go you know turn right and go that way right like i i i don't i for some reason i'm just like you know what 
that's the main quest, but like what's over here? What's over there? And I just I'm super I'm more interested in playing doing side quests. Um they're they're usually more interesting, to be honest, right? They're usually uh they're they're the ones that are quirky and you know the you know, they have their own little self contained stories and and um they're always little fun things. So that's that's sort of a philosophy I'm thinking about with this game that Yes, you have your main quest, right? Um, you have your thing that you got to do to end the game, but the fun is is all the other stuff that you can do around it. That's uh, so yeah. That's I I we'll see how that works in the end. But I'm pretty confident <laughs> that I think that there'll be somebody else out there that likes to do that sort of stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. So when when you're not building computer worlds and gaming and what do you what do you and the family like to do for fun? We um we like to travel. Um that's sort of our biggest thing and I think that's that's the the thing that we have to we sort of rely on when we say hey, we're going to get on a plane and go somewhere. We're going to get in the car and drive somewhere, you know, out of state and do a road trip or like, you know, fly down to California whatever. Like that's our sign for let's let's all just unplug from everything else we're doing. Right. And now we're going to do family stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's hard to do otherwise, you know, my kids with their activities and, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's so difficult to, to find time to do stuff as a family. It's, it's really tough. Um, so we try to do, you know, at least have the breakfast and we at least have the, try to have dinner if we can, but otherwise like, man, it's tough. So, so my wife likes to plan these trips and, and we go and we'll we'll rent you know VRBO or or something like that and it, um, and just go stay at a place for a while and just hang out go eat some food discover restaurants and local parks and um, yeah that's been kind of our thing okay. you know um, it's it's not even like that directed a lot of the time um, but uh, but it's been good. Yeah. My kids started skiing recently. That's one thing that's kind of, it's kind of dragged us all into, we can't just have one kid that skis, right? Like my, all, every, the whole family has to be involved in that. So where um, are you guys going for skiing? Up to uh Snoqualmie. Snoqualmie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The kids started doing some, um, some classes and, and, and different, different camps and things. And okay. it's been great. So they're skiing so or are they crazy. snowboarding? They're skiing. They're skiing. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't oh. as involved in this as my wife was. Like there, there was an interest from the kids, and she's like, oh well, let's just see what we can do, and um, and she signed them up for some things, and it's so crazy to me because I, I didn't grow up here, so I didn't, I don't have a, I don't ski. Uh, I did a little bit of snowboarding when I was a kid, but um, I just don't have the background in skiing. So, so watching them go from like they've never skied in their life to a few weeks later. I see, I have a, you know, it's like I watch them on the slopes and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you guys look so professional. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to see, see them develop like that. Um, so, and they love it. They love it. It's just, it's a, if you've ever been skiing, right. It's a bit, it's just a big, it's a big production, right? There's, you right. know, you got to buy rent, stuff you got to put on all the clothes you got to drive all the way up there and if it's snowing got to put chains on your tires and you know it's a big thing so it's real there's a huge investment but man they yes, love it is. i love watching them 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, there is. So yeah. earlier, uh, earlier, I saw you drinking what appears to be coffee. So I got to ask, you know, coffee? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Um, yeah, I have. Uh, have is that a every is morning. that a Starbucks roastery mug? You know, actually, so this is yeah, uh, this is from Tokyo. Um, oh, so yeah, I didn't buy it there. Yeah, but that's yeah. from there. Okay, I recognize the the Starbucks roastery thing. Have you been yeah. to a Starbucks roastery? The no, the, uh, no. The, I haven't. Yeah. I have a friend who who worked for Starbucks in like their corporate or something, and he he invited me, and I never made it down. So um, going to a Starbucks yeah. roastery shop is like mm-hmm. going to Disneyland and Las Vegas combined for coffee drinkers. Really? Yes. Do yourself okay, a favor. Well, I feel- do yourself a favor. Ask your wife to keep your wallet so that you <laughs> don't. I walked out of there three hundred dollars lighter. Oh wow! And I was, really? I was totally happy to give them the three hundred bucks. By the way, you know how if you've ever been to Vegas or Disneyland, you you just you kind of just don't ask how much this is going to cost. You just buy it, right? You yeah. All right, that's yeah. the roastery experience. I bought eighty dollar a pound coffee. Really, was it good? Yeah, it was good there. I ruined it at home. Oh. Well, it was a it was a um, whiskey. They they aged the coffee in whiskey barrels, mm-hmm. and it was maybe the most delicious thing I've ever had in my life. Period. Um, it was iced coffee. Okay. Just it was it had hints of whiskey and coffee combined. It was like amazing. I had to have some, so I bought two pounds of it, and it was one hundred and sixty bucks for two pounds. <laughs> wow! And then I bought a I thought I bought a coffee uh, siphon. Yeah. Anyway, I spent I spent three hundred dollars that day at, at Starbucks, and uh, <laughs> but it's 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 amazing experience, and you've got you've got two of them in Seattle, so you should leave your wallet at home. I should go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's kind of like uh, the whole thing. You go to Costco, you can't get out of there for you know. It used to the joke used to be a hundred bucks. Now it's probably two fifty. Um, right. Yeah. The roastery is gonna. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll prepare myself. But yeah, I no, I didn't. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, I should have should have gone when I had the chance. Well, if you uh, were in Tokyo, yeah, I'll have to go. Yeah, yeah you should have. It's. Do you ever go to Chicago? I've been to Chicago. Yes. Okay. Um, so the but the only the, once. Roast, the roastery in Chicago is I think four stories tall. It's the old Crate and Barrel building. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they're huge. And okay. they are designed. Huh. Trust me when I say you, you call me up when you go and visit. You'll call me back and go. You were right. It's Las Vegas <laughs> and Disneyland. Meets coffee, huh? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, like, oh. like you're selling it, but at the same time, you're like, oh, this is it's like it's like playing WoW again, right? It's like, oh, do I really want to go? Yeah. yeah, leave the leave the wallet at home. I guess is the exactly. You know, right give thing. yourself. You yeah. know, if you're going to Vegas and you're a gambler, just give yourself. You know, let's say a hundred bucks, whatever. You know, and <laughs> right, when it's gone, right. it's gone. And you, yeah. you, no matter what, your wife doesn't give you the credit card or you know, like, no, <laughs> use your hundred dollars. Um. But what do you, what do you uh, for coffee? What do you what do you like? Where's a good coffee shop around you? What what do you recommend? So we just I just moved, um, and I don't know where a good one is around me. I think the the closest one is uh, so the, there's a Mercury's like the Mercury's uh, main store, mm-hmm. uh, main um, their corporate is is actually not too far from where I live. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll go there every once in a while. But I think when I go out for coffee, usually it'll be um, like Ca- Cafe Ladro. Yeah. It's a place I like to go to. Yeah. Yeah. It's coffee. Um, 
Yeah, I usually, usually end up hitting up there, but I don't know if there's one close by my house, unfortunately. There was one right down the street from where I lived when I was in Kirkland. Uh, that was really nice. Um, you mean you didn't but yeah. move move based on coffee? I mean, that's that, that's my <laughs> criteria. <laughs> I know, yeah. No, I've gotten, I've gotten so self-sufficient, I guess, with the home coffee, you know, because okay. it's, it's like the one staple in my life. Uh, or one of the few staples in my life for like, you know, I got to make sure I have enough coffee to drink in the morning. And that's what I do every morning. I wake up, make the coffee, you know. Um, and in fact, just this morning, I realized I only had half, uh, I only had half grains for, uh, uh, to make my coffee. And so, so you know what I did? This was, this is horrible. Panicked? Is, uh, so I made what I could. Yeah, I did. I panicked first. <laughs> right. And then, um, uh, and then I made the coffee with what little grains I had, and then I took that coffee and I tasted it to see like how bad it was. It was bad. Um, and then I put in uh, instant coffee to to top it off, and that was my this was my morning coffee. I know it's it was no. See, I, mean, I actually applaud. It was you. acceptable. I applaud you. That's that's <laughs> that's commitment to coffee, and I applaud that. Yeah, you know, yeah. just your you you. I don't know. You got to work on the. You can never run low, and you've got to you got to improve that. <laughs> I made, I yeah, I was a huge mistake. There's a huge gap in in our ability to keep stock of our coffee. I don't know what, yeah, <laughs> don't know what, don't know what happened. Uh, yeah. Well, to wrap this up, what what didn't we talk about that we should have? Is there something? What did, did I unintentionally completely overlook something or? Oh, you know. um. I don't. I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, so little kitty, little kitty, big city. Hopefully, yeah. we'll get it out this year. But uh, can't make the commitment. I've learned too many lessons. You know, setting that that release date too soon. But um, where can people but, find out more about it? So they can. I think the easiest thing to do is to Google search "little kitty, comma big city." Um, but if they go to littlekittybigcity.com, that has you know the links they need to. I'll, I'll put a link um, into it in the show notes so they can, you know, make it easy for them. And I just want to make a note that, you know, uh, it is available on Steam. So uh, one of the best things that uh, a, a player or, you know, somebody can do is to go to somebody's Steam page and wishlist it. Mm-hmm. Um, because as for indie developers, it's one of the most beneficial things that can happen because what it does is it ends up just giving the more visibility right and uh uh just click that wish list button so are you notified how does that work um i i can i can see who like not who but how many i can see a number like how many people have wish listed but um but the rest of that steam algorithm just like every other mm-hmm. you know algorithm on on the net is is a bit obscure people spend all their time thinking about it okay know, or you know think, trying to figure it out um but uh so basically uh, is a is a wish list kind of like an upvote and the more kind of it, it is okay. so so what it is is that it's it allows you to f- you know to be honest and i should know this because i literally worked at valve but there are two things you can do you can follow a game and you can wish list a game Mm-hmm. There are differences between those two. I'm not 100% sure what those are, but I know if you, you know what, to be safe, just do both. Just do wish both. list and follow. Damn. And, and, uh, and what happens is, is um, then the number of wish lists will 
the higher the wish list, the more it shows up naturally mm-hmm. in other people who are just browsing, right. you know, and then they can. Well, I'm going to guess it. this is speculation. I'm going to guess if you wish list it, you're telling, you're, you're voting that you will let me know when it ships so that I can give you money. Yes. Sorry. Yes. And, to answer your and question. Follow, yeah, exactly. And follow is probably keep me posted on developments when the developer posts, shares some news, you'll, you'll ping me and tell me there's news. That makes sense. That's- yeah. I mean, I don't know I'm right, but that seems like, but you should do both. Yeah. Because. Do both. Yeah. Okay. It's not going to hurt. Doesn't hurt. It can't hurt. And you know, so <laughs> so it's going to come out on the Steam platform. Um, yes, um, it'll it'll also be on other Steam uh, PC platforms, PC stores as well. I'm hoping to get it on as as many as I can. Um, as Do I dare ask if it's going to be Mac friendly? I would like it to be. Um, I would very much like it to be. Right now, right now, it's I haven't actually built on mac so it probably doesn't work on mac but um but i would very much like it to be if it's not on ship if we if i can't get it to be on mm-hmm. ship i'd very much like it to be after um and in addition to pc i am shooting for having it be at least on the switch okay. i'd very much like it to be on the switch so that's that's kind of in my plans if okay. all the stars align that's yeah. awesome well uh, thank you and more if i can get it yeah yeah, yeah. i mean more, more than more so <laughs> First off, thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. This was fun. And um, yeah, thank I'm, you. I'm actually looking forward to checking the game out. So I, I, I think it's going to be kind of um, just because we have three cats and they're indoor cats and they get in trouble. I can't imagine what they would do outside. So, you know, maybe I'll let them play <laughs> this so they can simulate their lives outdoors. I don't know. You know, uh, Yeah. But, at least uh, let them watch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank well, you very much this yeah. has been great yeah thanks Matt I appreciate your time yeah thanks Scott and uh, yeah have a good one alright talk to you later join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast